Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited for just the move of God that is taking place here in the church. Uh, just those that are watching online, just it seems that God is expanding our voice and just the word is getting out that God is moving. I ran into somebody at Sam's the other day. Doesn't go to church here. And just some things that we've been putting online, how God is moving and that there's a spirit of revival in our church. They saw me at Sam's and they said, I saw what you put on Facebook. That's awesome. A pastor from way back when he was my grandparents' pastor. He saw my post on Facebook saying there's a revival that's hitting here. He says, I'm going to come visit your church. Come on, I'm telling you what, God's stirring up a move of God and people are getting excited. So listen, don't get comfortable in your seat because you might come on a Sunday morning and find that somebody's sitting there, all right? Just be gracious and just say, bless you and sit next to them, all right? Because this church is getting full. Front to back, side to side, running over, and we're having multiple services coming down the road because there's a move of God on this church. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. Well, so when we get into uh, what we've been talking about, we've been talking about fasting, our times of prayer and fasting. And, and simply what we're doing is this, one, bringing an awareness and an understanding to you as individuals, the significance of it, how it benefits and impacts your life. But again, as a church, we as an individual or we as an individual church, we're endeavoring to pursue God through the prayer and fast. Now, just in the event, many of you have already started your time of prayer and fasting. <coughs> Excuse me. And you may have found that this first week was a little challenging. Anybody find it challenging? Maybe the flesh or the appetite is just kind of like, whoa. I mean, there's a couple days there that I was a little grumpy. A couple days I was a little sluggish. Why? It's because your body's acclimating to your fast. So don't let that move you. If you've uh, not done real well this particular week, don't let that move you. Evaluate what you've done. Evaluate where you are and just make the adjustments. And so we start a new week tomorrow. Let's pursue God. If you've been doing well, then stretch yourself up the ante and let's say, God, I'm pursuing you with a greater intensity and passion because we want to see you move in our lives. I don't know uh, if, if, well, I'll say it this way. The move of God will affect multiple facets of a church. One of the things that I know God is going to do in this church is he's going to be impacting and affecting marriages. 
Amen. There's a, there's a revival that is coming to the homes, to husbands and wives, to marriages, to children, because God has called the family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of you know it's not God's plan or design for one man or one woman to go to church while the rest of the family stays home? His heart is for the family of God to be on fire for God so that the whole household is doing and fulfilling God's plan. Amen. So there is a revival that's coming to our houses and to our marriages and to our homes. But to help you, just to give you a little bit of a, uh, a tool, if you will, uh, we have a church that we partner with, or they're a part of our ministerial affiliation. They've actually put an app out to help for these type of things. The app is called Pray First. It's called Pray First, and so you can find that on your iPhone, you can uh, Amazon phone, whatever it is. It's free, but what comes with that? As you download it, it will help you in your fasting or your time of fasting. It will give you multiple scriptures that you can feed on through your fast. And then there are several, several uh, downloads of worship music, just instrumental for your time of prayer. And it's all just to help you pursue God. So again, just for the sake of your help or helping you, it's called Pray First. I've actually downloaded it on my phone. It'll be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Well, I know I keep talking about just the visitation of God and just what God is doing. But there has been a stirring in the hearts of people. I can't tell you how many people that have been coming and saying, there's something that's changed. Uh, starting two weeks ago, the move of God started to hit our prayer night on Wednesday. I mean, uh, two weeks ago, I was moved so greatly that I have been changed ever since that particular night. Last Wednesday, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, God, you moved in a mighty way on that Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be hard for you to top that one. Well, this coming, or this past Wednesday, rather, there was more people in church attendance than we've had in a long time. And we began to pray. And as we began to pray, there was such a draw of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And there was such a rumble and a roar within this room of people praying. It is a sound that I have never heard in our time of prayer in this church. There were people that came in late and I asked them, I said, did it sound different to you? And they said, oh dear God, when I walked in the room, it was a different sound that I've never heard before. Not only just to take their word for it, I asked my kids, you know, kids will give you an honest answer. I asked my teenagers, I said, did you sense a difference? Did you see something and feel something different? Did you hear something? And they're like, oh dear God, it was loud. Where people were pressing in and praying to see God move in the midst of our church. Amen? And then at the end, I mean, now again, I'm telling you, this is just kind of like my background, and so don't let it mess with you at all. This is just my background, my roots. As we were praying, I was uh, praying about something. The Lord began to minister to my heart. And the Lord said to me, if that was done, if you saw that person come into church, how would you respond? I said, man, I'd take off running to dancing. And I could feel it building up on the inside. And I knew that, man, I just needed to do something. And I let the moment pass. But I'm like, doggone it. I'm not going to let the moment pass. I stood up and I started dancing. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. To my surprise, people told me afterwards, when I saw you take off, I took off. Amen. What's happening? There's a move of God that's taking place in our church because people are getting hungry for the things of God. And it's simply because we're pursuing Him. 
as we pursue him, he'll meet us where we're at. Come on. How many of you know that God's not a God of hide and seek? He's a God of show and tell. He wants to show off. Praise the Lord. How many of you have ever had something new, something good, something that you've just been waiting for, and you just can't wait to tell somebody about it? You can't wait to show them. Anybody? Yeah. I, I want to show you this new thing, right? Well, God's the same way. The Bible says that we'll see a side of His glory every day throughout eternity that you'll never exhaust seeing a new side of God. So God is excited to show off what He wants to do and be in your life. All we have to do is avail ourselves and say, God, I'm ready. Amen? I found this prophecy that was given by Smith Wigglesworth. Some of you may know who Reverend Smith Wigglesworth was. He was a, a mighty man of faith back in the turn of the century. He was used mightily in the ministry of healing. But this is a prophecy that he gave in 1946, just before he went home to be with the Lord. It says, when the current church phase is on the decline. Let me pause there for a moment. He starts his prophecy by saying, when the current church culture is on the decline. Has there been a decline in the church culture? Absolutely. The, the, the desire, again, uh, not getting into it, we've already talked about it. Statistically, it is majorly declining and on the... Well, it, the church is coming to a place of non-existence if we're not careful. But this is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord said this. When the current church phase is on the decline, there will be something that has not been seen before. It will be a coming together of those who have an emphasis on the Word and those who have an emphasis on the Spirit. When the Word and the Spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit the nation and indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of the revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed before. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there is a move of God, a revival that is coming to the church that's not just going to affect the church, it's going to affect the nation and it's going to affect the world. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Amen. I tell you, I don't know if you can get a hold of that. But again, that's going to be my mantra. It's going to be my testimony. And that is, is that Jesus is coming soon. We've got to be prepared and ready. And there are people that need to know him. Praise God. So, with that being said, oh, I forgot to bring my prop. I was going to, anybody got a pencil? You got a pencil? Give me a pencil if you got one. Oh, wow. I'll give it right back to you. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, this is one of those mechanicals, so it don't necessarily work, but you'll get the point. <laughs> Thanks, anyways. But listen, what's God doing in you? In this time of prayer and fasting, there is a purpose by what God is doing. If you think of it from the standpoint of a pencil, this is a mechanical, but let's just say it was a pencil made of wood. In order for this pencil to be as effective as it was designed to be, from time to time, on occasion, it would have to be sharpened, wouldn't it? Now, if this pencil had feelings, every time it was sharpened, it would tell you that's not very comfortable. <laughs> right? Well, what God's doing in you, if the symbolism of we are the pencil, as we purpose to fast, what's God doing? He's sharpening us for our intended purpose. But you know that that fasting sometimes just is not comfortable, right? Why? Because it's wearing on my flesh. 
God's chipping off some edges. God's molding and shaping me. And in that it might not be comfortable, but in it God is preparing me for the purpose of what He's designed me to be. Amen. In a pencil, it has an eraser on the back end of it, right? What is the eraser for? It's to erase the mistakes. Well, what God has put on the inside of you through the blood of Jesus Christ is a power that has the ability to erase every mistake you've ever made so that you don't have to live a life with guilt and shame, but you can have an understanding. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Praise God. And therefore, my mistakes really aren't mistakes. They're merely stepping stones for me to come up higher and be where God and be who God has called me to be. Amen? Also, what is a pencil meant to do? It's meant to leave its mark. What has God called you for such a time is this. I've said it to you before that God talks about a relay race or a race within the Bible. The Apostle Paul talks about running his race. And the Bible says that we have, have lived our lives built on the ministries of those that have went before us. And so therefore, it's not only a race, it is a relay race. And whenever you have a relay race in the natural, you always put your best and your fastest runner at the end to bring it home. So you might say, well, why, do, why did God choose now to have me live why not years ago why not here and why not now or why now it's because God knew what he has made you for he's known that he has put something on you and in you to leave your mark for such a time as this because you are the cream of the crop for such a time as this amen God's made us to leave our mark and then obviously a pencil what makes a pencil the pencil it's what's on the inside because if what's on the inside is not there it's just a piece of wood it's just a piece of flesh so what makes you so significant and, and important and needed for this time it's what's on the inside of you Amen. You've got the greater one on the inside. But not only that, God has put giftings and talents and callings in you. And what is in you, God is going to use to bring home the end time revival. And just the prophecy that we read and heard, I believe that's us. We're running at the front of the, front of the pack. Amen. How many of you believe that? Amen. Oh, sorry. Was it a bad throw or a bad catch? Is the bathroom okay? Never mind. All right. Who asked you? I didn't ask you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So God has called us and he's equipped us. And it's now a time and an hour that God is moving. And I'm looking forward to the move. As we said, we're purposing to fast and draw into the presence of God. To draw near to him. And when we get into the face and the presence of God, something has to change. Something begins to give, right? So what happens as we avail ourselves to pursue God in this time? One thing that begins to happen is that you begin to detox, naturally speaking. You know, when you go to the doctor, and if there's some things going on within your body and your system's out of whack, sometimes your doctor will say, I want you to go on a fast, because if you'll go on a fast, you'll detox your physical body and some of the, the toxins and the, 
stuff that's in you, what's causing you to be sluggish, what's causing you to feel the way that you're feeling, as you detox your body, you're going to begin to see that you shed some of those things that are weighing you down. You detox your body, right? If you're wanting to lose weight, you may have heard this before. There's the intermittent fasting. It's actually something that doctors are saying is very important for all of us to really do. Intermittent fasting is simply this. They say if you'll go 14 to 16 hours without eating, you'll begin to lose weight. So in other words, if your dinner was at 6 o'clock and that was your last meal, <clears throat> and you didn't eat until what? 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock the next morning, you allowed 14 to 16 hours to pass, and then you begin to lose weight naturally. Well, so as you begin to not only detox naturally, when you're fasting, you're detoxing spiritually. Or detoxing to the point where your spirit becomes healthier and stronger, right? How many of you admit that, that man, there's just some things that I need to detox out of my life? I just need that to get gone because it's holding, holding me back, it's weighing me down. Uh, maybe you're saying, I just need to shoot, shed some spiritual weight, if you will, or some things that just are baggage in my life, and I just need to detox and allow that baggage to be shed because I want to get into a good place with God, right? And so again, fasting allows that to, to take place. Spiritually speaking, I said that it's, it's good for us because as we begin to fast, what it does is it helps us magnify God. Last week, I used the example of a, micro, a magnifying glass. If you've ever looked through a magnifying glass, you can have something right in front of you that you cannot see or that it's not tangible to you. But as soon as it's magnified, you see what was unseen before. Well, God's on the move all the time, but because so many times our lives are filled with baggage and clutter, we can't see God moving and we're saying, God, what's, what's the deal? But as we begin to fast and seek God, we're magnifying Him and we begin to see clearly that which He's already doing. It helps us to begin to filter the noise out of our life. How, how many of you know that life can get awful busy, awful noisy, awful cluttered? I've shared with you before. Now again, this is just kind of a different slant. But there's times where you need to hear from God and because of all the busyness, sometimes it's hard to hear. I remember the very first church that I was asked to come and minister at uh, in terms of a pastor. The, the pastor was leaving, and they said, would you come and they fill in for an interim pastor until we hire a new one? And I said, sure. Now, I knew the church, and I didn't want the church. But I'm like, God, do you want me to take the church? And because I was fighting it so much so naturally, I don't want the church, don't want to take the church. Don't send me there, Lord, because I don't want the church. But God, I don't want to disobey you. God, I want to go where you sent me to. God, I just want to please you. You know, there's an opportunity for you to get awful noisy in your head because you're being tossed to and fro, right? And so I just had to get quiet before the Lord so that I could hear His voice. Life can get busy. Life can get cluttered. Why? Because... Life just has a way of doing so. And therefore, when we purpose to fast and pray, you begin to filter. It begins to detox the flesh, making the spirit more sensitive to God. 
You'll find that as you begin to detox in the natural man through your times of prayer and fasting, you'll become hungry for the things of God. Have you ever noticed that if you'll fast something, naturally speaking, for a season, you'll find that the appetite doesn't crave it like it used to. You begin to crave different things. If you've ever fasted sugar, all of a sudden you'll realize, man, I don't have the, I don't have the, the craving for sugar anymore. I mean, you might go through a major withdrawal for a season where you're ready to kill somebody, you know. I need some sugar. But you'll find that after a while, you'll go back and eat, uh, eat or drink something sweet, and you're like, holy cow, that just don't taste right. Why? Because your hunger or taste has changed because you've purposed to detox. You'll find that as you detox spiritually through times of prayer and fasting, the things that your flesh man, your natural man has craved after, been controlled by, will begin to diminish because your hunger will change. I said your hunger will change because God is doing something on the inside that he's beginning to detox. Now let me just put you on notice here that, well, I'll say it this way. Don't be surprised that as you are fasting and praying, that the cravings and the desires that you have had in the past will begin to diminish, just as I said. But don't let it move you. Now, here's why I say that. Because oftentimes, as we've lived life, giving ourselves to the flesh, there are many things that we have had in our lives that have become a close and dear friend. That close and dear friend, whether it be substance, whether it be relationships, whether it be activities, those things have gotten me through some difficult times. Those things have helped me feel better from time to time. Those things have gotten me through some dark seasons in my life. They've been a crutch for me to help me cope and get through life. And therefore, as you start to feel there's a disconnect, your soulish man might say, but they've been such a good friend to me. And you start to get troubled in your spirit because you're like, what's going on? Listen, God is doing a detox. And when you find that you don't have the desires or the cravings, just allow God to have his perfect work and continue to press in. And you'll find that the things that once controlled you led you around by the nose, won't have a hold on you anymore. Amen. I'm telling you, I, I'm no different than you. I mean, I, I, I found, now again, I'm just telling off on myself. I'm just like many of you that I've got this phone thing stuck to my hand all the time. You know what I mean? Flipping through it. And so I was like, I'm going to fast that thing. Well, my kids reminded me a few times, hey, I thought you was going to fast that thing, Dad. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Little things can have a grip on you that you're not aware of. But God can get you set free. Can somebody say amen? amen. Say, I'm getting free. Get free. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm getting free. Get free. I'm detoxing. Why? Because you're daring to do. You're daring to believe. You're daring to ask God things that you were unable to ask before because of a guilt conscience. But God is leading us to a place of where we're growing and experiencing Him. As you begin to grow, listen, I want to again give you an advance warning. As you begin to press into God 
in these next few weeks as you press into God, don't be surprised that the Word starts to become alive on the inside of you. Don't be surprised that the voice of God becomes clear. And don't be surprised that you dare to step out on the edge in some areas and walk by faith and begin to ask God and begin to actually begin to experiment in some areas. What do I mean by that? There are things that you've heard messages preached, you've read in the Bible, and you're like, well, that all sounds good, and I guess that works for a preacher, but I don't know what to do for me. As you begin to grow in faith, you're going to find that, well, maybe that'll work for me, and you'll just dare to step out and experiment with the Word of God. God, will you do? If I ask you for that, will you perform? Will you honor your Word? And you'll find, oh my goodness, God shows up. Why? Because God is becoming real and our faith is growing. Let me just give you an example. You realize that there's a revival that happens and shows up in multiple facets of your life. Well, this was probably two months ago. I was with my son. Uh, it's hit and miss whether or not my kids will go fishing with me. I don't think I've had a girl go fishing with me yet. Yeah. Well, you know, my son, I said, hey, do you want to go fishing in the morning? The bay looks like the wind's going to be good. you want to go? He says, how early are you going to get up? <laughs> I said, well, it's going to be an early morning. He said, okay, I'll go. So we got out there on the water, beautiful day. We're fishing, and there's nothing. I mean, we probably fished for a couple hours, and there wasn't anything. And I said, he's asking me questions. I'm like, well, okay, let's just pray about this. And so I said, Lord, I thank you that we're out here to do some fishing. And I thank you that you're going to honor us. And so we thank you that, Lord, we're going to come home with fish right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for a good catch. Amen. Well, then it was just in a half hour, man, they start slamming us. I mean, we had more fish coming and going, and therefore we ended up uh, going home with a, a limit of fish. Well, see, here's what happens. When you begin to pray and you begin to see God do, then it encourages your faith. Well, if I asked him there and he did it then, well, maybe I can ask him again and he'll do it again. Amen. Well, so just this past Thursday, uh, I, I saw that the weather was going to look good. And so I thought, man, i got to sneak out on the water. So I went out on the water and was out on the bay again. I uh, wanted to do some walleye fishing. And I asked this old guy at the dock, I said, uh, you, you know, you had any luck? He says, yeah, I caught quite a few last week. And I said, what are you using? He said, I'm using hard baits. I'm like, okay. Well, I had all my stocked up supplies. And so I got out there in the water, got all rigged up, changed everything over. And I'm just cruising along. And I'm fishing for two hours and I'm not catching nothing. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to switch over to what I do know. And I switched over to some other things and just re-rigged everything. Fished for another hour and a half and nothing. And so I'm standing there and thinking, well, dear God, it's a beautiful day, but there's no fish biting. I can see them on the graph. They're in the water, but they're not biting. And then something started bubbling up on the inside of me. Hmm. I remember I asked the Lord that about that before about fishing. And furthermore, you know, the Word of God says in Genesis chapter 1, it says that God has called man to have dominion over the fish of the sea and to subdue and to conquer. And I said, all right, Lord, here's what your Word says. You said that I'm to have dominion over the fish of the sea and to conquer and subdue. And so, I, God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. There are fish that's coming to my bait. Within five minutes, I had four fish in the boat. Glory to God. Now, you might say, well, that's coincidental. You think it all you want to. I prayed. I took my place, and I began to praise God. Amen. 
I even, I even started walking on the water. No, I didn't do that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's funny. What am I saying? I'm saying that as you press into God, God will have you stepping out and daring to believe, daring to do, daring to ask for big things because you begin to have a bigger vision. He's becoming magnified in your eyes rather than circumstances. Again, what's it say in Psalms 34, chapter, chapter 34, verse 3? It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His holy name. Did you notice what it says? He says, let us magnify the Lord together. Now, I can magnify Him by myself, but what are we doing when we come into the house of God? We're magnifying Him together. Now, I can make God big in my own sight, but isn't it interesting when you start to get around other people of like faith, how all of a sudden their faith encourages your faith. And you begin to swap stories and talk about what God's doing. And all of a sudden something stirs on the inside and you start to think bigger and believe bigger and see God bigger. Why? Because we are magnifying God together. Listen, these are the days that you don't want to miss being in church. Because there are things that God is doing. There are answers that are being performed, and you don't want to miss out on what God has for you. That's not a manipulation. God has equipped the body of Christ so that we can mature, so that we can fulfill the work of ministry and build the church. Listen, he's ordained. He even says this, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even as some have gotten into the habit of doing, as you see the day of the Lord approaching. God's approaching real soon. This isn't the time to be out of church. Amen? I said this isn't the time to be out of church. And let me be so bold as to say this, and for anybody that's watching online. Your child has a .0296 opportunity of going into the professional sport arena. Let me say that again. If your child is involved in extracurricular activity, and there's nothing wrong with that, but your child only has a .0296 chance of going to the majors. But they have a 100% chance of standing before God. Amen? So as I said, this is the day and this is the hour that we need to have the family in church. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Why? Because he's wanting to pour out his spirit. I said this to you as well last week as we were getting ready. I said that at the, the last service of our fast, it's going to be two Sundays from now, that the Lord said to me, minister to the sick. Well, somebody brought it to my attention that that last Sunday is the Labor Day weekend. And my natural instinct was like, oh, dear God. But do you think that maybe God knew something of what he was doing? Because hungry people will be where God is. And if somebody needs a miracle in their life, if they've gotten a bad report from the doctor, there's no vacation that can take away a miracle that God has given me. Amen? I can go on vacation the next week, but this time I'll be healthy and whole. Amen? So anyways, that's just food for thought. Just might want to be in church. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I said that as we purpose to fast, as we purpose to pray, we're exalting God, making Him bigger. 
The flesh is coming into subjection to the spirit man. Let me give you an example. I bought a funnel. And I went online to try to find the biggest funnel that I could find. That's a big stinking funnel, isn't it? That's huge. I'm actually excited about after this illustration. That's going to come in handy at home. (laughs) But you know, what has happened that we have listened to the lies of the enemy for so long And we have had this mentality that, yes, God says he'll do. And God said he'll perform. And, yes, I've heard the preacher say. But we've bought into the lie that when God wants to pour pour into our lives and bless our lives, that this is the end that he's wanting to bless us through. We've listened to the lie that's allowed our flesh to follow after this and after that. And because of it, the results that we desire have actually been choked off because we've not pursued Him. It doesn't change the character of God, but it affects the results. And so because, well, God, I can take you or leave you. Well, the little bit that I experience of God is just a little trickle and it gets choked off. And this is how it comes to my life. But did you know that God says, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think? I think my wife even said, even your highest hopes to dreams and desires. So how does God bless your life? This is how he blesses you. He's not using a small spigot to say, well, let me just give you some chump change. Let me just help you here and there. Let me just give you something to whet your appetite and tease you a little bit. Dangle the carrot out in front of you. No, he says, I'll pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. Amen. Why is this so big? It's to help catch the flow that's coming into it. Amen. God desires for you to experience his goodness. And as you press in, you're going to find That there's more of God that you're waiting to see. Amen? I'll close with this. My wife, she began to share with you. She talked when she was in the offering saying, there's some personal things that we've been endeavoring to pursue. Some contract things that we've been endeavoring to get worked out. And as we started the process... We started the process thinking, well, everything's cool. We're all good and square. Should be easy peasy. And it was one problem after another. And I actually had to repent because I said, God, I thought that my affairs were so tight and squeaky clean that there was no need to really bug you about it. So I started the process without involving God. I asked God, I said, God, can we do this? And God says, yes. So I had the the okay, but I didn't involve God in the affairs of my life. And so it has been one challenge and one headache and one problem after another. Because the enemy has wanted to wreak havoc. And actually what the enemy was wanting me to do was back down from my position of faith. And there's been many a days where I'd come into this room and I would begin to pray. And to where I would just be so infuriated with the devil. How dare you 
intervene and affect my family the way that you're doing. And I had to fight tooth and nail. Not because the enemy is so big, but because the enemy works so hard so that you'll stop trusting and leaning in God. And it's gotten to the point, if you've ever heard this statement before, in the early seasons of it, it was like, okay, God, I don't see it happening. But then I said, okay, I'm just going to have to pray this thing through. And I got to where I prayed it through, and I had the peace on the inside to where I knew. So whenever there was an obstacle, I've pursued the face of God. I have the witness. And so whenever anything came, <laughs> I praise you, Lord, because this is coming to an end. And so, as she said, tomorrow, it's coming to an end. We've got the victory. Why do I say that? Not to tell you my personal affairs. I'm saying it because many of you have been trusting God for things. And you've been just sitting back and just holding on and just saying, well, God, let's see it come. No, come on, press in. Don't give up. Don't say, well, God, if it's your will. No, if you know it's the will of God, pursue it with a passion and say, God, it will come to pass. It will come to pass at last because you're faithful to your word. Amen. I said that there are going to be husbands and wives coming to this church. You say, how do you know that? Because I've pressed through. And I've gotten the victory. I said that this church is going to be filled front to back, side to side, multiple services. You say, well, how is that going to be? Look at how it looks right now. Listen, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what the voice of God and the Spirit of God has said unto me. Amen. So if you're experiencing things financially, maritally, physically... It's turning. It's turning as we pursue Him. And listen, begin to journal and write down the victories. Don't let them pass by, shrug them off. No, begin to document your victories. Because at the end of our 21 days, you're going to see God was moving big. I said, you're going to see God was moving big. Come on, stand to your feet. With every head bowed and every eye closed. For those of you that are watching online, for those of you that are here in our congregation, if you're here, it's not by chance. If you're watching, it's not by chance. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I don't want you to leave this place or leave this broadcast without having an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you're saying, I have not pursued God with a passion, if maybe you'd even say, I, I feel backslidden, I, just, I need to get my heart right with God and come back home, then this is the time. And you're here in a place where people are going to rejoice with you. If you're here and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're here and you want to come back to a relationship with Him, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand when I get to three. Now, here's my guarantee to you, friend. It comes with a no-hassle guarantee. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I do ask you to raise your hand simply so that I can acknowledge you and pray. So if you're here this morning and you want to receive Jesus, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, 
on the count of three. One, two, three. That's you. Raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. You can put them, you put them down once you put them up. Anybody else? If you're here, you just want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want Jesus to become first place in your life. Amen. If you raised your hand at home, friend, contact our ministry. We'll celebrate with you and send you some information as you pray this prayer with us. Everybody together, I want to lead you into a prayer. Let's pray with those that have raised your hand. Those that have raised your hand, you just pray aloud with us. Mean it from your heart. And Jesus is here to change your life. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. He paid the price for me. Forgive me now. I receive the gift of your salvation. I am now your child, your son or daughter. I thank you for it. In Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now listen, friends, if you're here and you prayed that prayer, we have a believers pack down at the connect spot. It's just to help you. It's information to put in your hands. Amen. Now for everybody else that's here, I said that a revival is here. Not getting here, is here. Did you see that the kingdom of God grew today? There's a move of God. Amen? Amen. All right, well, God bless you. Listen, I want to encourage you. Wednesday night, church prayer, 630. Let's come expecting God to show up. Amen? Also, Friday, help me out. What's Friday? Dream team night. 630, we'll see you then. All right, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info, or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.